Welcome to the Rams Writer Podcast. Tight angle, cross to Pearson, Pearson scores! Stephen Pearson scores for Derby County! Wisdom, it's right! For Scythe, heads on goal. It's looping. It's yeah! in! <laughs> it's, it's Craig for Scythe with a looping header at the back post. Sibley shoots across goal. Yeah! He scored! Louis Sibley in the 90th minute. The goal we wanted has come. It's been 36 years since Derby County last played in the in the third tier of, of English football, now formerly known as League One. But Saturday marked that that event one more time. Um, something that Derby fans, a lot of Derby fans, wouldn't have seen before. Um, but it was the start of a new era. It was the start of the David Clowes era of Derby County, and hopefully, it's a sign of a, a big rebuild and positive things to come into the future. Hello, everyone. My name's Simon. As usual, I'm your host. And joining me today, as always, Chris Holt. Chris, good evening, mate. Are we well? Very well, thank you, Simon. You? Oh, extremely, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Brilliant day yesterday. Um, just saying about League One. Actually, you you would have been around when we were in, uh, we were playing in League One, but yeah, I wasn't born then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not funny. Yeah, I was. I was. I was a pop signer back in uh, 84, 85. I was there. Oh, see, you've seen this all before then. You've seen it all before. So, yeah, League One then. We kicked off, you know, we obviously we had a few chats after the uh, the pre-season friendlies, um, especially against Alfreton. But, hey, what do we know? <laughs> Some of the messages we would, we would send to each other. But a 1-0 win to kick off the start of the season. Conor Horihan with his uh, debut goal, first goal for Derby. And, and what a goal it was, Chris. What an absolute stunner. What... What we're saying, 20, 25 yards out, left footed, bottom corner, keeper, no chance. The limbs were were un, unbelievable. You know, just to sort of feel that emotion again of scoring and, and knowing that, do you know what, this season, I just, it's knowing it's going to be a season of just watching football again. Technique, the, the, the guy has been doing it now for many years, for many teams. Um, it's nice to see that he's doing it for us than against us. But, um, <laughs> That left foot's cultured, isn't it? It's just a sweet left foot. And you just knew as soon as he struck it, it was only going one place. And, you know, what a goal. And, and justified, justified. Um, a professional performance um, wasn't nowhere near the best that the team are going to be able to perform that. But as I said on a tweet, it was a professional sound performance and that will do. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the funny thing was that up until that point, I didn't think uh, Horihan had actually done that much in the game, to be honest. But yeah, he's that sort of player, though, isn't he? You know, you know, in and around that 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 eighteen yard box, he. I think I think there was a stat I saw that he since it. I think it was since like two thousand and twelve, I believe it was. He scored thirty three goals from outside of um, outside of the area. I think it's something like the the most any any uh, any players done in, in English in English football in that sort of time period. So that's. You know, if he's got the ball on his left foot, then, you know, we are, teams are in trouble, you know. So what a player, but obviously a lot of debuts, 
were made on Saturday. Um, in fact, let's. What do you think about the overall? I know obviously you touched on it there, but what you said as professional. What do you think about the overall performance? Because I think Liam said afterwards it was far from perfect, and I agree with him. It was far from perfect. There was still there was an element of these players have just all come together. You know, um, yeah, eleven new signings all come together, and there was a few mistakes, especially first half. But did you, I didn't really think Oxford quarters causes that that many problems um what, what, did, what do you think of the overall performance i think other than the taylor turn which i think he he beat cash in to get through and then jason knight came back and they did the last minute tackle i think derby did really well i thought it was an interesting selection i thought it was the right selection um he went for experience and he went for what he knew um a lot of the youth that we have in the team uh, was kept on the bench where I, I honestly believe at the moment it needs to be. Yeah. Um, I thought the spine was strong. Um, I thought that we were solid. I think that's the best word you can use. It was a solid six out of 10, uh, possibly a seven, obviously, would win the game. The interesting thing about it is it's, they say that Oxford were two weeks ahead of us in pre-season mm. and they've, they've been together for two or three years, that squad. And you could tell, but yeah. I, they they quickly realised that they were unable to play football through Derby, mm. and they sort of went to the resort of a lot of League One clubs will do, which will play long and and diagonals. And I thought Derby got the tactics absolutely spot on. Really, really pleased. And you know, thirty one thousand fans. What more can you ask for? And most importantly, I'm pleased for I'm, I'm pleased for Liam. Yeah. I agree. That, you know, it's 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 a feather in the cap because he could have got that terribly wrong. Mm. He could have got that selection wrong. He could have put in youth over experience, and no, can't fault it. Great start. Yeah, I think I think that was he wouldn't have felt it, and I and I don't and I don't. But I think that was a bit of a high pressure game for Liam because start of League One, his first game in charge as manager. Full house as well, you know, 30, like you said, 31,000, absolutely immense. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of Dark fans, we all wanted us to win that game, get our first win on the board. Um, so I think that, I don't think it would have felt it, but I think there was, there was, would have been some pressure in that, in that game. I would have, wouldn't have liked to see the reaction after sort of, if, if we'd lost that game, to be honest. So it was great for him to get a win. And yeah, um, I can't even fault it. So that's your thoughts. Let's have a look at some fans then uh, on Twitter have tweeted in to say so first of all Dan Pickering says strange that Oxford seem to set up not to lose rather than having a bit of a go at a side that's just come down and had seven new signs in the starting lineup allowed us to grow into the game second half much better than the first great goal and first real bit of quality um Vicky uh, Vicky B says brilliant start to the season we played some I love this. She says, we played some fancy passing football, <laughs> which I think she means fantastic passing football at times, which I was worried we wouldn't be able to do in League One. Davis Marsh in defence was outstanding. Uh, Mendes Lang on the right wing is incredible. Some improvement needed going to the box, but overall a great start. Uh, Mimi J says, still short of fitness. Uh, Nathaniel Mendes Lang, wonderfully direct and love watching him. Good movement from Barks. Hori Han is class. Defence looks solid and thought Knight did really well at right back. Although we didn't have much to do, I thought Wildsmith was effective and is improving with his feet by one or two straight out of play. Cash was immense and Collins toiled again. They're big lads, but kept going. 
simply changed the game as well as we all saw. Hopefully, do his confidence scored. That was from Mart Hob uh, Mart Hobby. Uh, John Lawson says, another vote for Sibley. Created space for others with his runs are pulled wide and fed the ball to Hoyham for the winning goal. And uh, Stephen, under the bar, goalkeeper, um, says, thought some of the play looked a little disjointed, typical in a new team. Collins will cause teams problems. Bird needs to find a way to deal with being marked, but a positive start and three points and a clean sheet. Uh, and also thought Sibbo made, made the difference when he came on. Fresh legs, running at players at pace. Certainly had a new dimension to the team. The future is looking good. And last one is from Mike Sable. Says, can see they still need time to gel, understand each other's movements, but it was a solid performance. And with the quality, got us the win. This is what teams will fear. So glad we got that win for Rossinia. So yeah, all obviously a lot of, lot of good points there. A lot of praise for uh, Mendes-Lang, who I tweeted at halftime. Nathaniel Mendes-Lang is a League One cheat code <laughs> because he had their fullback on toast the whole first half, a little bit quiet in the second half, we seemed to attack down the, 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 the opposite side. But we saw in pre-season how direct Mendes-Lang was. You know, he's, he's there, he's going to take on his man, he's going to put balls into the box. Um, obviously, he scored a goal as well in pre-season. Had a chance, the keeper did well, I feel, um, in the first half. He isn't, he's, he's an absolute beast, to be honest, and, and teams will fear him. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm calling that... M M M for me, Nathaniel Mendes-Lang was, yeah, he's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. And I'm so glad he's on our side. Um, a couple of mentions there as well for uh, Jason Knight. Jason Knight playing at right back, Chris. What are your thoughts? Now, obviously, we've spoken about it and we've spoken about it on the pod as well about what does Jason Knight bring to this side, especially in midfield. He doesn't score many goals, doesn't create many assists, but he, he's full of energy. Is moving to right back a bit of an astute move by Liam Rossinia. I think it's very astute and I think it's to do with the lack of pace we have at centre-half. And I, I don't mean that disrespectfully to, to Curtis and Erin Steers and, and James Chester. They're all fantastic players in their own right and all have particular skill sets which we need to, to defend a low line and a high line. But I think what Jason Knight brings, as I said previously regarding the... Uh, Matty Taylor chance when he was clean through. Jason Knight managed to gather 10 yards mm. on him and got that last lunge tackle to clear it for, well, he put, he put him off the shot, didn't he? And the yeah. shot went, went well wide. I think what Knight gives you is that bit of assurance that he can cover um, a pass over the top or round the back uh, that beats a flat mm. uh, middle two. Um, the other good thing about Jason Knight is that he can he can run the flank, which he did a few times. I thought it was quite clever that Mendes Lang was coming inside quite a lot of times, and who was doing the overlap on the on the wing, but Jason Knight mm. taking a defender away, allowing Mendes Lang to have that space inside. So, yeah, it, whether it's a case of he's played in there because his signing at right back isn't ready yet, or he feels he's not right, Adore, or whether there's another right back to come, who knows. Um, there's going to be speculation about Jason Knight from now till the transfer window closes. I noticed yeah. that today that they're, they're claiming Birmingham of all mm. clubs are interested in him. Um, I think if he's got the assurance from the Republic of Ireland that he doesn't need to worry about his position in the international squad, whatever league he plays in, I think uh, we're, I'm fairly confident it will stay. And he seemed to enjoy playing at right back as well. Yeah. 
that was the interesting thing. We've seen Jason in the past quite frustrated when he's been pretty much played out of position. You know, we've seen him on the left. We've seen him on a almost like playing a number ten. Or whether he's dropped back into centre midfield, Jason's never quite found his true position yet. And uh, who knows? It might be a stroke of genius by by Liam. Um, clearly, been worked on at training. Mm. Clearly, there's an understanding between him, uh, Curtis, Erin um, at the back there. And uh, yeah, long may it continue. Be interested to see if he plays that role at Chom Saturday. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, Liam obviously mentioned uh, after after the game that he he sort of going to pick sides for the team that they're playing against, um, which makes sense really. Um, it's a new league, different teams. We're not going to, you know, they're not going to know like the championship where we've been in it quite a while. We'll know what teams are going to bring. League one's a totally different kind of fish. I mean, I watched I watched some of the highlights yesterday, and there were some good teams. You know, that played good football. Peterborough looked dangerous um obviously a 3-2 win for them um i know wickham won 3-0 but burton looked absolutely shocking absolutely shocking um so not really gonna worry about that shepherd wednesday another one team that we know we know shepherd wednesday they've they've got emphasis on being promoted this season they've got to go up you know that's what their owner wants that's what their owner's demanding you know but i i, I just think that the team we put out i think once we gel, we we will become something special. Now I'm not going to put any any sort of position on us just yet. I want to say I would gel because I still think stop smiling. <laughs> I know I know what's in your head, but I think we are about maybe oh, doggy. See, dogs getting involved now. Every single time I mention league position, your dog barks up. That's what it is. But I think we're probably about four or five players short at the minute. I was just looking at that bench um, when the team sheet came out at two o'clock and I thought, hmm, if someone gets injured or if we're, if we're losing, who's going to, you know, who's going to come in? Who's going to, who's going to replace such and such, you know? I mean, I look, I mean, obviously McGoldrick and Chester weren't available, both picked up little niggles, but as this, it's a long, long season, you know, and to rely on all the players to stay fit. So I, and I know Liam said he is, close to getting another couple of players in I think we'll be recruiting right the way into the end of the month into the end of August when the deadline when the deadline is um, but I, I just think we're probably about four or five players short of maybe assuring promotion at the minute yeah I agree um, I think there's a, an interesting conundrum when uh, McGoldrick is available mm. because he's clearly going to go into the starting 11 yeah you think but so but at whose expense? Because he's going to want to play a free role. I thought Collins did well on his own. I, I think he did. Yeah, he's, he's, he kept on dropping deep. He's, I thought it was it was nice to have a hold up player again, a proper hold up player, but a mobile hold up player. Yeah, he's a workhorse. He he he, he puts a shift in. Um, I think he's going to be a Stevie Howard type yeah. player where. I don't think I'd expect too much from him for the first seven or eight games. If you remember Steve Howard, mm. I think it was something like nine, ten games before he first scored, scored a goal. And then I think he went went on to, to hit 18 and become our, our top scorer that year. I think Collins will be 
a very similar run yeah, of form. Yeah. Um, but Dizzy's going to want to come in and play that 10 role mm. without question. Um, nice dilemma to have, to be honest. Extremely. I mean, the only it's interesting actually because you look at that midfield that we played that we had out there. You look, you look. I was trying to work out what formation we're playing, but people were moving. You, at one point, we had we had the wing backs. We had we had Hayden Roberts and uh, Jason Knight inside the wingers in the middle of the park. It was it was crazy. But that midfield, that midfield sort of three was Horahan, Bird. And Smith. Now, I thought Corey Smith, I thought was a CDM, but he seemed to be the one playing furthest forward. And I thought, yeah. I actually thought he, he, he was getting some places. I think his passing was a little bit, you can tell he's behind on preseason. That's what, but I think once his passing comes in, you've got, you've got a, you've got a decent player there. So again, you know, that, that would be sort of the position that McGoldrick would look at just to play in, in, in off that sort of, in off, maybe off Collins, you would have thought. You know, so it's um, it's competition for places there, but I guess that's what that's what Liam will want. Surely, you want these players that you're probably chomping at the bit, wanting to start, but ultimately you want them not being spitting the dummy out because they're not starting. Yeah, I I don't think he was expecting any more than sixty minutes off Corey Smith. I no. think that was I think that was already planned to come off at that time. Mm. Um, he he ran a real box to box shift. I always thought he was a holding midfield player, but obviously you've got Max Bird, who's clearly dominating that role. And I think you're right. I think Corey Smith was allowed to tidy up bits mm. and, and start transition quite quickly. And I thought he did really well, to be honest. This is a guy that's only been with the setup for a week. Yeah. You know, he's, he came in a week last Friday, if I remember rightly. Um, and I think under the circumstances, to get 60 minutes out of him on a pressure pot of a home first game under the new regime and in front of 31,000 fans. I thought he did really, really well and showed what a professional he is. So uh, a very astute signing. Um, you go through the team, it was a 4-3-3. Mm. You're right. I think when Sibley came on, it became a little bit more stretched. I think almost like a almost like a 4-4-2 it went to yeah a diamond at one stage I think I think that and I think I think Rossini deserves massive credit for that Mm. I felt that was a tactical switch because he had Thompson and Sibley warming up and he was sort of um and on who am I going to bring on Mm. he obviously knew that Smith was coming off that so we could have brought Thompson on push Horahan further forward um but he went no I'm going to bring Sibley on because I know he's an attacking threat. Now, me and you have both said we need to see more of Louis Sibley. We need to see him kick on from that hat trick from Millwall. We need to see that Louis Sibley. And that's what we saw. He was linking up with Mendes Langwell. Obviously, again, credit to him. You know, he was the one that uh, settled, gave the assist for the goal. And, every, you know, we, we've seen it there with, when, with the tweets that came into us, you know, that massive praise for him because he changed the game when he came on and he did. So that's big praise to him. And again, it's big praise to Liam. For making that tactical switch, he's showing, and you know, everybody says he talks a great game, and now he's showing, you know, he's showing his knowledge. He's showing that he knows what he needs to change to get to get the job done. I thought that Oxford. It's interesting, like we said, we spoke about Louis um, in the last pod. Oxford must have been listening to us because when he came on, they were tapping at his ankles. Mm. They they were they were riling him up. They were trying to get a reaction, and I thought he was going to go. I thought he was going to explode. Yeah. yeah. 
within four or five minutes because there was a couple of cheeky tackles on him. I thought, here we go. They're going to, because Craig Short would know him. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Craig Short would have worked, worked with him in the academy. I forgot so, about Craig, I forgot. I didn't realize Craig Short yeah, was on their, yeah. their, their, their yeah. coaching team. Yeah, Shorty was there. Shorty would have known him like most of the academy guys. What what makes them tick and what makes them explode. Yeah. But I thought Louis handled it really, really well. And, you know, hats off to him and I put my hand up. You know, he proved me wrong. Mm. It's, it's one game and he's got now a platform to to go from, to leap from. And, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, again, well, we've said this about Louis Sibley many times before. He's raised his bar. He's put that bar high. Louis Sibley's never in doubt a talented footballer. The word consistency never, unfortunately, stays in front of talented footballer. Mm. We need to see consistent, talented footballer. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think I think Liam, again, spot on with the substitution. Um, going through the whole team, like Hayden Roberts had a had a sound game. Um, he looked solid. He didn't look. Yeah. He didn't look like he was under any pressure. Yeah. Um, he seems to. He, he seems to sort of. We saw this actually last season a lot. We seem to push the right, the right, uh, the right back further up and leave the left back back. Yeah. And we saw that there. He held his position well. Um, you know, and I, I think he looks a good player. You know, I think he looks a really good player. Yeah, I don't think you'll see him driving down the flanks. You're absolutely spot on. Mm. I think that was obviously. Um, I think there's still a, a lot of communication between him and the central that needs to be worked on. But again, mm. this is a guy that's been in the door two weeks. You know, Oxford are going to be in the top six. Like, let's be honest. You know, they 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 had the chance to be in the championship only two. I think they got to the final, didn't they? In, in twenty, Three, it, yeah, twenty think, when the COVID it was the COVID shut yeah. down final. Yeah, they finished sixth that season and ended up in the final. They finished eighth last season. They are the bookies' favourites, one of the bookies' favourites to make playoffs this season. Mm. So, yeah, they are a team that are highly thought of. And and they showed it. You know, they they didn't... They, I, they had a few good chances. I think Wildsmith made a couple of good stops. Um, obviously, we spoke about Wildsmith. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, he looked, he, looked, he looked comfortable with the ball at his feet. He was playing 30 yards out of his goal. He had a little bit of an error of judgment. The ball over the top, didn't know whether to come, they were to go. And obviously the player got in there before him and just obviously put wide. But other than that, made a good save uh, in the second half, especially from close. I would have personally been out running to that. He sort of went and then went back and luckily made the save. But hey, that's different keepers, isn't it? That's what different keepers do. Well, he, he went into that no man's land, which we all we're all you know, we're both keepers, Simon in the past, and we're yeah. both, you know, we never have been stuck in that situation. I thought he was nervous for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Mm. Uh, it did a good save near post, uh, reactive save uh, to keep us in the game. And I think that's something that with keepers, especially first game, if you when you get that first save, you relax. Made a save now. I'm not convinced still about his distribution. And again, it will come. Um, yeah. But he kept a clean sheet. And, he, yeah. and, he, and that's what he's paid to do. He's paid to keep clean sheets. So another solid seven out of 10. Again, like I said on my tweet, a solid performance. That will do. Yeah, we're looking through the, the team now. And um, we've mentioned Birdie, we've mentioned Smith. Only thing, with Bird, only thing with Bird, he needs to get used to having two defenders on, uh, two, two, yeah, two defenders on him. Mm. He was deprived of space. 
it was almost as if they targeted him and said, he's their key man. We need to shut him down. That's because he didn't really get in the game much at all, I felt. No, but I think that you you hit the nail on the head. He's he's gonna be he's gonna be a man that's gonna be the first one mentioned by the opposition of someone to shut down because that's credit to him, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's a he's he's a talent. He's he's a he's a fantastic passer of the football. We know that. Um, clearly, put some beef on this year. He looks half a stone heavier. He looks half a stone stronger. Um, doesn't get shrugged off the ball anywhere near like he used to. I think it was interesting to see Conor Horihan talking to him a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Conor was asking Max to basically allow him to be a bit more of a free roll because Conor was everywhere. I thought, I thought Conor, all of his goal, his goal was brilliant. I think he did a bit, he sort of tried too hard. Um, and he openly admitted that himself. Mm. He, he said that in an interview after that um, he perhaps that to get that booking so early in the game. Um, I think it was within the first ten minutes, if I remember rightly. Yes, um, would have, would have. I, I was nervous about that. I think, I think we got two bookings quite early in the game. To be honest, yeah, we did. I, yeah, I think Curtis got one quite early as well, didn't he? Yeah, I think. So it was that towards the back end of the uh, the first half, he uh, mm. he got one. It was, but, it, it, uh, but yeah, oh. I, I, I I agree. It was a bit of a, a nerve wracking situation regarding that that booking. I thought, oh, he's he's, he's dived in there. I oh, tell a lie, tell a lie. Curtis booking was in the ninety seventh minute. Right. Um, uh, Hori hands was uh, Hori hands was the start of the second half. Yeah, Hori hands was early in the second half, and then and James then, Collins got booked on fifty five. That's yeah. right. Yeah, so, but I tell you what though, what yesterday did prove and did show, it showed what League One was all about because mm-hmm. those players will not be used to getting the hell kicked out of them. Because let's be honest, Oxford came there and they left bits on, they put in hard tackles. For me, a Derby County team two or three years ago would have backed away from that. But this team didn't. This team went, bring it on. It, you know what I mean? And that's what... I, I guess that's what you get with those signings. Collins played League One before. He loves the scrap. Horahan played League League One before. Another one. He, he, he weren't shirking out of challenges. Davis has been around, seen it all, done it all before. Knows what to expect. Cashin, he's a brute anyway. We know this. He always loves a good tackle. You know, so I think they are definitely up for the uh, the physical battle this season. Yeah, I agree. Um I found the, the one game I really wanted to watch and see comparison from top end to bottom end was I watched the highlights of Charlton, Accrington, Stanley. Mm. Obviously, we're, we're playing Charlton next game. Yeah. And um, that was clearly two teams with completely two different styles of football. Um, and at first, you thought Charlton was going to, you know, run them ragged with their skill and their pace. But Atkinson hung in there, and, and actually, they um, they scored the equaliser in the you know, ninety plus six after Charlton thought they got the winner. Yeah, and it was it was unbelievably direct. And reading some stuff about them on Twitter, and the Atkinson fans were basically saying that you know teams are going to come and try and players off the park, and all we're going to do is exactly what you said: kick them off the park, hang in there, stay physical, and and those are the kind of places where Derby do. 
rely heavily on their experience and on their on their strong players to take a hit or two mm. throughout the 90 minutes because you're quite right. If Max Bird takes one or two naughty challenges quite early in the game, how, how is he going to um, mentally stay strong as well as physically stay strong? You know, will he be up for the challenge? And surrounding him by that experience, we're having Chester behind him, yeah. having Curtis Davis behind him, having Hurrihan, Corey Smith on the side of him, we'll stand him in good stead. So, yeah, one one down, three points, 45 to go. It was a good day overall, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was, I, I, like I said at the start of the show, it, it was great just to be back at, at Pride Park again and, and to know that we ain't got to worry about any nonsense off the field anymore. Um, and I thought, I, I don't know if you've, if you've heard or seen the Clouds interview with Rams TV. Um, yes, I have. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> Just sort of like, yeah, well, we've heard Kirchner want the, st- the stadium, so I did a deal for that. And then it said to the administrators, I'll be a last minute. So that shows how close we were to, to, admi- to, to liquidation. You know, people didn't want to believe it. No, no, I'll be fine. We were close. And if I hadn't been for Clouds, then you know it, it could have, we we might not be sitting here having this conversation right now. You know, to me, it's to for what he's done for the club. You know, it's just as a fan, he couldn't he couldn't let his club die. And it's he seems a very humble man, and you know, he just wants he wants the best for the club. And and I think it's right that obviously Mel Morris, we had songs from him and all this. I think it's right we just leave Clouds just to do his own thing, just leave him in, in, let him sit in that director's box, let him just watch the game, you know. And I think the, th- the fact that he is a fan, a proper fan, mind you, that actually has been to the, you know, has been going to games since 1978. Um, he won't run this club into the ground because he doesn't want to see it where it's just, where it's just come from. No, he won't. And it was interesting that he, he really, in the interview, he sort of brings the point up about Lionel Pickering mm. and how he looks upon him as as a saviour. And in a in a very similar situation, but obviously nowhere near as as dire or extreme when obviously Maxwell was refusing to put any more money in the club and put Derby up for sale and, and, and Pickering came in and put his personal wealth in. Um the interview didn't surprise me at all with David. That, that's who, that's the way he is. Oh, you know him, don't you? So yeah, 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 I've, met, yeah. I've, I've met him a few times, and like I said, you know, he, he's he's a brilliant guy. He really is down to earth. And whether you're talking about football, whether you're talking about uh, development, whether you're talking about gardening, you know, he's just a really, really nice, down to earth guy. And he won't get ruled by his heart. Yeah, yeah. that is that's for sure. His his. He mentions his his right hand man, Ian Dickinson, um, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, re- he mentions Ian again. Ian's got an unbelievably strong, positive reputation mm. in the development industry. He's, he's well thought of. Kyle's developments are well thought of. Um, David would have had a good upbringing from from Charlie, uh, his father. Um, yeah, and, and he, he's right. He's right. We're saying stability is king. Um, and it, and it, I thought that reflects on the on the pitch as well. There was a stable there was a stableness about that that team. It just looked strong and solid without being um, over glamorous or um, over expansive. They 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 just 
looked to do a professional job and you know fair play i'm, I'm pleased for david yeah, i'm pleased yeah. for david because you know he's a north stand guy he's, a, he's an away stand you know trips away or his bread and butter is what he loves to do and you know he, he, he's that's been taken away from him but i found it quite funny that he turned around and said yeah, actually quite he's took to being a director quite easily he's quite enjoyed it so <laughs> You know. Yeah, yeah. I find it funny how he sort of uh, how he mentions um, his holidays. Why are we going to Austria? Why are we going here? Why are we going there? Oh well, don't be on preseason there. That's why we're going. I thought that was brilliant. Are you thinking? You know, this is again a fan, a massive fan, and I just think, yeah, we, we are on we are on the right path with him. Um, to be honest, and I, I, I'm just looking forward to this season, you know, you know, there's, there's, I think there's a few off the field things that need sorting. We'll, we'll mention them now. Obviously, Christian Bielik, first of all, he's gone on loan to uh, Birmingham. However, there was a, there was a bit of, I saw a little bit of nastiness towards him, actually. Um, once that got announced, oh, oh, yeah, go off over there. You know, you don't want to fight here. World Cup teams more important. Yet then Racini comes out after the match and says, Oh no, he was in the change room before the games, wishing everyone well enough. And you know, and he didn't want to get, you know, he, he didn't want to leave the, he doesn't want to leave the club, but he just wants to try and get his dream of being in the World Cup. And as as a footballer, if you're playing at the highest level, which is international, you will want to play at a World Cup. And you look at that midfield, where does he fit in? With the, with with what we've got in already. I think we were stacked in midfield. We've mentioned this before. And we all, we all thought, especially when Corey Smith was signed, you said it last week on the last show, that's the Beale replacement. And you're obviously right. Um, so, yeah, there, there's one outgoing, which is which fair enough. Um, we all assumed it was going to happen. <laughs> Lee Buchanan now has officially left to go to Word of Bremen. However, on the good news, we're due to get money for it. But, hey. Um, now the last one, the interesting one, Nathan Byrne. It's a, he's still registered with the club, but he doesn't want to play for the club. He's still getting no, no doubt he's still getting paid by the club, but all to do with two P, is it? It's this two P thing, isn't it? Um, I've done it before, where I've gone from one company, another company's taken over, and we've just literally shifted over onto their terms. And obviously, this is sort of what I believe it's what Nathan Byrne and his advisors are, are sort of looking at, saying, well. We're going. To, we're actually working for a different business now. Therefore, my contract is void. It's an interesting one, but again, Rossini didn't really go into it in his post-match. But he sort of touched on it and sort of said, "Look, if you don't want to play for this club, don't be here." So he's not letting him come to the club. I think that's very smart from Real Rossini because he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to build something here. He's trying to build a connection with the players. He's trying to build a dressing room. And if you're negative. You're not in it. And yeah, I, fully, I, think, I fully agree with them for doing that. I think going through the three, let's go back to Christian. Um, I agree with you. I think Twitter was very harsh. Well, a majority of fans were very harsh. And if they honestly think that someone would put a League One season in front of playing in the biggest tournament in the world, then they're more naive than Christian. Mm. Because I would, I'm not going to lie. I love Derby County through and through. Um, but if I had an opportunity to play for my country on the greatest show on earth, um, 
and ultimately he's gone on loan to Birmingham. He's gone somewhere where he knows. He's gone somewhere that's only 30-odd mile up the road. He's played there before. They're paying his... I've heard that they're paying his whole wage. Um, he hasn't got to move house. Yeah. He wanted to be in the changing room uh, yesterday and was involved. Didn't want to go to Birmingham until after the game. I've heard from a good source within the club that he doesn't even see it as a goodbye, but purely as a season. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, see it at the end of the season when when hopefully we'll be promoted. Um, my 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 biggest fear for Christian is obviously his injury. I, personally, I just hope he doesn't get injured again. Yeah. And I hope he has a fantastic season. Um, how Birmingham can afford him, I don't know, because obviously they're going through a takeover as well. Mm. Um, so I have no idea how that, that works. Um, so we'll see. And I wish him the best of luck. And it, it'll be nice for him to have a good season. And I'm sure that if he's not there with Birmingham playing on a on a Tuesday night, he'll be he'll be down at the baseball uh, baseball ground. I have I'm just checking this right being hang on. Yeah, it's definitely just right being um <laughs> It'll be down at five <laughs> show, show me age, yeah, Simon. You are, um, mate. You are. Um, so, yeah, I wish I wish Christian all the best. Lee Buchanan, um, I'm secretly laughing in the back of my throat because um, I think it is, you know, I have an issue with the way that this has all been handled with Lee Buchanan. I think this has been on the cards now for six or 12 months. I think he was a stalwart in the team at the start of last year and I think clearly halfway through the season there was murmurings that he wasn't happy with various links to a certain team up the road yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't I personally don't think he was ever the same player um, his his videos we've mentioned it before his Werder Bremen welcome to Werder Bremen videos of him clearly tied up with handcuffs in a in an allotment shed next to a train track. Um, you know, clearly yeah. he's, he's not enjoying them. But I heard that he's, we could get up to half a million quid for him, which would be which would be nice. And the other one you haven't mentioned is uh, Malcolm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a... Weren't they going to offer to give us 30 grand for it? Yeah, so we'll, we'll touch on Nathan Byrne in a minute, but, but the Malcolm Evioe situation it is it's farcical. So how on earth... They've come up with £30,000. Yes, obviously, they've gone through the administration route because I saw Shinny go for 30 grand. Mm. So I presume they thought, right, oh, well, for 30 grand. They're going to be in for a shock because if they go up to a tribunal and say, oh, well, it's a bit of a risk with this lad because we're not sure and it could be something, it could be nothing. So we're just putting a punt on him, mm. knowing that he had a fantastic reputation before he came to Derby. I think it was at Arsenal, if I remember. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, yeah. Ripped it up at, at Derby. Um, it's had a decent pre-season as well, to be honest. He's been he's been mentioned. I think Patrick Vieira has made a big boo-boo when they played Man U. Mm. I believe it was in Thailand. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And um, although Man U won three-one, the um, reports in the papers was about Patrick Vieira just singing the praises of Malcolm. So. When it comes when it comes to him at that tribunal trying to justify thirty grand, mm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get half a million quid plus add-ons for him because the guy's got talent. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I, I would hope that Derby are sensible enough to put in a clause that if he gets caps at all age levels, there is a, an additional fee. Um, so, yeah. And then Nathan Byrne. I would love to know what the arrangement was when he left Wigan for Derby, because at the time, if I remember rightly, Wigan were deep. In they were nothing, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came to Derby for, I don't think there was a fee. No. I'm, I might be wrong, and people listening, please well, there was in. There was some, there was rumours that him and Marshall came for about 500 grand. Mm. That's, but then there was other people I've heard saying that we paid next to nothing for him. Mm. I, I heard that Marshall was the 500 grand and Byrne was nothing, but I don't yeah. know. Clearly, his... It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like, obviously, it's very, very sensitive. Mm. Clearly, Liam has been um, playing the advocate on this and, and not wanting to, to go into detail. It's clearly a touchy subject. My My only thought on this is I'm glad now we're out of administration and this is being discussed because I think that um, that there's surely compensation to be had mm. because Verde Brennan tried to do the same with Lee Buchanan. Yeah, yeah. Lee Buchanan tried to go on the same um, I believe and again if anyone's listening to this I apologize if I got it wrong but in my opinion shall I say to cover my uh, backside I believe that the Lee Buchanan move was was a similar, um, based upon a law and regulation on on, on administration transfer yeah, contracts. Yeah. So, yeah, watch this space. It'll be sorely missed. I, I hope that it's not the last we're seeing Nathan. Um, um, he's either got a very very his ears being chewed by his advisors or his yeah, agents, yeah. so he's got a very very tough decision to make because clearly he was a fan's favourite. He clearly he played for the shirt last year. So he was he was excellent last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most consistent player by far last season he was. Yeah. And without doubt he would have played on, on, on Saturday at right back. Um yeah, 100 percent I, I, I also read today, I think it was from that guy from the Sun, Mr. Nixon, who seems to know everything or thinks he knows everything or words it like he knows it. And if it goes wrong, well, well I didn't I didn't actually say that, you know, that sort of thing. That we could be chasing QPR for about ten million. Really? So for what? the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, but really, can't we just move on? That was what almost yeah eight years ago now. It, it, it's a tough one because we need the money granted and any any yeah. extras out bought. We, I don't know. Yeah, they they would have broke FFP. Oh, they did. They did without a shadow of a doubt, didn't they? Um and I guess it's they, it's, it sort of stems from the borough the borough claim, doesn't it, against us? It was when QPR room by was it for um the guy who owned the Formula One team. Um I'm trying to I'm trying to think of his name. I want to say Fernandez, but I'm I'm not sure. But yeah they did. They were massive over FFP, wasn't they? And they they got stung with a huge Fine. If I remember rightly, they lost their parachute payment pretty much. Yeah, yeah. They got to find them a massive amount of money. Um, I've got no real opinion on that. I hope I, I personally hope that it it, it, it doesn't happen. I, I think we should show class. I think we move on. I, I tweeted before the game. Um, I'm not a fan of these 
anti-FL songs at all. No, no. Yeah, okay, okay. They, they. I, I know that the fans enjoy the um, <laughs> the banter of it all, Nathan, but <laughs> yeah, they docked us twenty-one points, and yeah, we yeah. don't really. We don't, I won't. I don't. I won't do the lyrics. The la, 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 la. Yeah, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong, but I think that we're still getting the odd bod still singing out um, against the FL. I like David Klaus has tried to put that to bed with his interview this yeah. weekend. You know, they're, they're clearly doing a lot of positive with Derby to allow mm. them to have these contracts. You yeah, know, because yeah. I was I was gobsmacked and surprised that we were allowed to sign two-year deals. Mm. I really was. I thought that we would end up with a team of 12-month contracts and then we'd, we'd have to prove ourselves on a financial basis at the end of the season before we could go forward. So clearly work's being done all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to look at it, don't you? Because obviously we have to show proof of funds for two years, isn't it? Um, and obviously you've got to justify those signings. But yeah, no, I agree. Speaking of songs, though, I've got one for Nathaniel Menders Lang. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> it's not as dead easy, but I can't remember it. Um, what's the song that goes... Na 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 na. Nathaniel Mendes Lang, Mendes Lang, Nathaniel Mendes Lang. See, we're having that. I want that blast in that prior part. You want to get, yeah, well, I'm if, sure. you, if you hear this, I need somebody that's with the SAR standards to, to, be, to say that's the song. That, that's the one we're having. You know what I mean? Well, all, all, <laughs> Club all 84 I'll, and all that. <laughs> all I'll say is on your behalf, Simon, is that if Casey. And his sunshine band are listening to this podcast. We think it's a fantastic song. They will. We are by no means ripping it off. We're actually admiring the wonderful <laughs> lyrics and the wonderful <laughs> tune that you've written back in 1983 or whatever it was. And um, we've got a player that just suits that song perfectly. Just why, just why you're on about Nathaniel Mendes Lang, how wide are his shoulders? He's massive, isn't he? He's a unit. He has He's... to walk sideways through doors, yeah. surely. Yeah. He's yeah. massive. He, he must just... be... Can can you imagine if you got you know a traditional fullback is what five six five seven, um, and they've normally got a little bit of pace to them and what have you. But shoulder to shoulder, you just haven't got a chance against that man, have you? He literally had two of them on him, and he still beat them. Yeah. They went right. We'll stick both of you on him. Yeah, not a problem, mate. You know. Do you think about it? if if we come up against teams that have got younger lads in their team, he is going to have an absolute field day with them. Yeah. You know, so someone said to me, you know, um, he's, a, he's an upgrade on Ebersele. Yeah, he's Ebersele, but he's an experienced Ebersele. He's an Ebersele that's got a, got a cross in him. You know what I mean? And he, he'll, he'll pick the right ball, but he also, he looks to try and get on the end of things as well. Um, he is a real threat. As I said, he's a League One cheat code. As, to be honest, is Conor Horihan, let's be honest. You know, he's... Uh, and that, that was another thing as well that was brought up, you know. Um, where did I read it? That these players were were offered better deals, and they they came to to Derby because they want to be here to to rebuild this squad and they come here for the challenge. And it's just that's what's pretty. That, and I think I think Liam Rossini's got a lot to do with that. People want to play for Liam Rossini, and I and I I think I will be surprised if he doesn't get manager of the month at least once this season. I genuinely do. I think he's. It was quite funny. I saw last week uh, Rooney's first game for DC United and they got battered. Someone tweeted, oh, you're useless without Liam by your side, aren't you? You know, I think we know who the brains might have been. 
And I think we're going to see it. And, you know, this is Liam's dream. So he's going to give it his all. Yeah, it's it's a valid point. A couple of things on that. We we said before Connor was signed and a couple of other guys signed, that I said to you that a lot of players at that age and at that time in their career look for stability and consider the family and the children. And Connor has openly admitted that, hasn't he? He said yeah, yeah. that he was it was in it was living in Birmingham. Uh, the loan down to Swansea, as good as it was football-wise, his family struggled. So he came up to Sheffield United. He didn't quite work there, and now he, he can he plays for a football club, you know, arguably bigger than both of those. Um, and he only has to travel thirty-five minutes. Yeah. Um, Mendes Lang the same, you know, he hasn't had to uproot. He mentioned how it benefits his family um, and Collins also. Barkhausen. We haven't mentioned Tom. No, I, thought, not, yeah. I thought he had um, it, a quiet it, game, really. It, it was, yeah. He, he, he came alive, I think, in the second half. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, quite quiet. But yeah, I think quality, second half. Quality, quality player. Yeah. Quality player. Um, again, he mentioned it in his interviews. And then what, what I will say, is, which I found really interesting about Liam's interview, well, two things, one funny and one serious. Um, I had a bet with my dad that he would say delighted 15 times <laughs> <laughs> in his interview. Because if you listen to his interviews, I love Liam, I really do. His favourite word is delighted and then followed by football club. So if you listen to his interviews, um, he loves the word delighted. He clearly is delighted. Um, <laughs> and I think I think he says it about 11 or 12, so I lost me about. Um, the, the, the second thing was interesting was he mentioned the fact that his squad size he only wants 20. Yeah. And and what did I you know I, I not not blowing my own trumpet but I did you, say you, you've been in his ear haven't you Chris let's be honest. Oh well excuse me Simon how rude matron um, <laughs> <laughs> um oh god that, that's an allegation I can honestly uh I can honestly deny but um I don't think in East 24 I think he's right. I think the key is keeping 20. I think uh, it was mentioned on Radio Derby that, that the punditry on there, they both said that um, 20 was was quite capable. And looking at the, the subs bench from Saturday, when you look at Loach in goal, Stearman, Fozzie, you've got three experienced guys there. And then you've got Adoru, Thompson, and Sibley who came on, and then Jack Stretton. Um, I think Stretton will go out on loan. I think he'll be in it'll be in League 2 or non-league before probably the end of the month. That, that, that's my my feeling. I think Jack needs a season out there. Um, we've been linked with two academy, Premier League academy players, or one's at Swansea at the moment, and obviously one's at Everton. Um, Tom Cannon is an interesting one. I, was about, I saw a tweet saying, which is very funny, that someone suggested we get Callum Ball back. Oh, Callum and Ball, brilliant. Absolutely Ball brilliant. Top. Which was hilarious, um, but but yeah, it's it's look. Liam has got a fantastic footballing brain. It's quite clear. He's got an unbelievable passion for the club. You cannot not like Liam. He's amazing. He's infectious. He's such a proud man. He's young. He's ambitious. He's accepting. He's learning all the time. You sound like you got a bit of a bromance going with him at the minute. Do you know what? <laughs> of, of, of the years that I worked there and 
Liam has been there three years. He's never had a bad word to say about any of the staff. Yeah, yeah. He was always welcoming. He was always a great guy to, to, to ask for favours on the side, like an autograph or a photo with a, a mascot or people visiting. He, he was such an approachable guy. Oh, One yeah, thing... I mean, I can back that up. Did you see that article in The Guardian the other week? Mm. Yeah, yeah, very very good article. Well, he mentioned obviously um, one of the uh, the, la- the people in the laundry, Vicky, bringing her son James into help with the coaching and stuff. Well, that Vicky I mentioned was my sister in law, and that James I mentioned was my nephew. And he come out. I was um, we, after work or something. Um, I think it was. We went down a pub. Oh, it's when the kids left school. Let's send the kids to the pub when they leave school. It's primary school. This is not secondary school. Primary school. Go to the pub. There's a party on. Anyway, went there. <laughs> And um, it come home. I, I went over. I went over. Say, I mean, all right. I had a good day and everything. Oh, you won't believe where I've been today. Oh, well, there you been. I've been more far. I've been helping Liam. Absolutely. He was. He's eight. He's he's he's, he's just turned eighteen, right? And you know, Darby's been his passion since since he was about three years old. Um, and yeah, he's, he was absolutely buzzing about it. Uh, and I couldn't believe it. He says, oh, "I'm going back tomorrow as well." I was like, "Me." I was expecting a phone call off Liam saying we've got a goalkeeper spot and he's filling. Do you fancy it? <laughs> I, I had to turn him down, mate. I had other pro- other other, <laughs> other 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 um things I had to get to deal with at the time. So, but yeah, but yeah, and it just again that again shows the sort of character that Liam is, you know, to yeah. allow allow him to do that. Um, so it, it it always sounds good, and we forgot one player. We, we, you mentioned him there on the bench, Craig Forsyth. We forgot to. We, that just seems to be so much happening. <laughs> um, sensible, sensible signing for everybody there. Yeah, um, make, makes perfect sense. It's a you, you cannot you cannot take away a tenth year. Hmm. Yeah. I think I think it's his tenth season with Derby. Hmm. Um, he's a wonderful guy. Again, such a nice guy, family man. You know, I, I I think that Liam was right. You've got to get it right, balance for everybody. To it's a, it's a year extension. And I'm so pleased for Fozzie. And Fozzie will always be Mr. Versatile at the back. Mm. You can you can you can plonk him in any of the four or five positions required at the back, and he'll always give you between six and eight out of ten all day long. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I, I really wish him a good season for his testimonial year because we don't want to see him injured. We no. want him to get some games. Um, the other thing you haven't mentioned, or we haven't mentioned, is I'm so pleased with Bucco. Yeah, yeah, he's Bucco's been promoted to interim first team, and I think that's, I think that's um, brilliant for for the first team. I, I, I know that um, Pat Lyons has been singing his praises because Bucco's obviously in the academy helping yeah. Pat with 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 the boys last year, and you know he said that Bucco was infectious, and the boys learned so much, and you know again, it's a down to earth character. Yeah, yeah, you know we've had we've had years recently. You know we've had the Cockus, we've had the Rooneys, who have come with um, legacy. They've the Lampard, the Lampards. Forget. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you forget. You know these. You know you could even say Paul Clement to an extent. You know, oh, he's he Real was, Madrid and yeah, Bayern Munich and, and what have you, and 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 now finally we've we've brought in. Probably the most level-headed backroom staff and, and and staff bench we've probably had the club 
for 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 many years, if not the most level-headed. Yeah, you yeah. know, Liam, Bucko, Justin, you know, Piercy, they're all they're all very level-headed, approachable, great guys. So I wish them all the you know absolute fantastic, wonderful season ahead for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so speaking of season ahead, Charlton then. Uh, what what do we reckon? You you think that it's going to be a big test? Um, uh, you're convinced of it. It's going to be. You you think it's come at the right time to start the season as well, don't you? Um, yeah, yeah. It's an away game. Obviously, our away form last season was pitiful. That's something that's got to got to improve now. Yeah, I mean, Charlton. I mean, I think I think they finished twelfth last season. They they uh, fell away, didn't they? They did. They did fall away, and you know they. Well, obviously they, they threw away they threw away two two leads against Accrington to get a draw. And obviously Accrington Stanley, they are a team that don't lose a, they don't lose at home. They have got a very, very good home record. Um but yeah, Charlton. Uh, we've been there before, we've won before, we've been there before, we've lost. It's uh, it's it's a, this is what I enjoy about this now. This league, you you don't know what to expect week in, week out. You know, I, I said I remember getting slated actually by Craig Ramage of all people, um, which is fair enough. Um, I got slated by him for saying that I wouldn't be bothered if we went down. This was when uh, this was just this was after the Lampard season when Koku Koku came in. I said this club needs to get relegated. It needs to settle down. It needs to rebuild. I wouldn't be bothered about having a trip into League One because you come up against different different tasks, different teams. You know, it, I think we've gone stale in the Championship. Do you know what I mean? So this season, I'm, I'm more excited for this season than if I think than if we would have stayed in the championship. I generally think I am, and it's because obviously I know we played Charlton before, but you look at you know you look at games ahead like playing like we've got Mansfield Town coming up in the AFL Trophy as well, haven't we? Yeah, Nigel Clough, but back coming back to Bright Park, good old Nigel. You know, it's just it's things that you, you, I don't know what it is. It's like it feels like a new experience for a fan as well. It's a refresh button, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is. Well, go, going on what you just said there, um, Charlton is one of my favourite away trips. I look, it's not far from Greenwich. It's not Ooh. far. Oh, <laughs> I, I, it, it's an amazing away trip. Like, yeah. you know, Greenwich, Greenwich is a beautiful place to go. Most of the Cutty Um Got a great little market around the corner where you can try loads of world, world different foods. They've also... Do you work got, for these guys, Chris? <laughs> you can tell I used to work in the uh, events industry, can't you? I've been there, seen it. Just drop it in. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think Charlton, I said to you on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, this will be the test. This this will tell us where we are pre-season, you know, after the after the short pre-season we had, because they will be dominant at home. They 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 normally are. They had a shocking away record if I if I remember last year. Um I think if I just have a feeling we'll win. I, I've said to you from I know people keep telling me to calm down and sit down and <laughs> even Dom Dietrich mentioned it, bless him on Radio Derby when I was there on Monday he said, you know, that I'm I'm already there in the championship. Look, there's something about this squad and there's something about this staff that won't allow anything to be, well, how could I put it, um, glamorized. It will mm. all be solid, hard-working performances. It doesn't feel like there's any pressure neither. Correct. You know, um, and I think last season, 
when we got the points deduction, we played some good football. We got some good results because there was no pressure. Pressure mounted at the, the end of the season when we thought we're in touching distance here, being safe. Yeah. And I think that's where the head sort of went. But that's what you expect with young lads. Now we've got a more experienced squad. So go on then. Score prediction and just before we end, score prediction for Charlton. Uh one nil Derby. Oh, nice tight one nil. Goal scorer? Um Curtis. It's going Curtis, header from a corner. Bosh. I, I, I just 25 I yard just, screamer. <laughs> yeah, I, I just have a feeling that we will can you remember Reading won the championship many moons ago? Where yes. I think they had about 26 wins, and I think 24 of them were one nils. Mm. And and almost when Billy Davis got us up, I I, I don't want. To, of course, we want to see good free flowing football. Don't get me wrong, but I just have a feeling that we will be an unbelievably tough team to break down. Yeah, but I think. Well, I, I saw. I mean, you look. I look at it yesterday. Uh, just for just for we finish. Just yesterday, we um, when Oxford had the ball, we got back in numbers. Which it, I think, fitness-wise, as the season goes on, we'll be able to counter from that because we win the ball back, and there'll be no one up front to to play it to. But we do, we did seem to get back in numbers. The shape seemed to change to a bit of a four-five-one um, when we went into defence. So I think you're right. We are going to be one of them teams that are going to be hard to beat, uh, frustrating to play against. You know, the, teams will know we like the ball. But what I noticed about yes, yesterday is something that I mentioned to you during preseason that we had time where we were on the ball, knocking it about between the goalkeeper, the two centre-backs, back and forward. Nothing was happening. They weren't pressing. So what do we do? Sling it over the top. And I felt we looked more dangerous slinging balls over. No one likes defending a ball over the top. It's difficult, especially when you've got players like Mendes Lang with pace, that's going to run run through the channels, and Knight as well. Again, Knight got into a few balls over the top, playing playing it right, right back. When you've got that, all of a sudden you, you you get problems. Even Corey Smith was chasing balls, to be honest. So I just think you're right. Um, we are going to be one of the teams that are going to be difficult to break down this season. It looks that way. Uh, but on the final thing about about taxes, I don't think there'll be many teams in League One who will attempt a high press. No. Because they know that if Derby will play through it and will get better doing it, they just haven't got the capabilities as most teams have got in the championship mm. to to get into the second phase and the third phase of the pitch to get the ball back. So I think that teams will allow them to do it. Um, the other thing I, I'll mention about tactics is that I think that Derby last year had no choice but to win, had to go gun home. Yeah. I think this year, with that pressure taken away from them, Liam can be very astute and be very solid, almost boring in some yeah. games, and then just sneak a 1-0 win. And I think he'll build a squad that will be capable of doing that kind of game management, mm. getting a goal, holding on to that goal. You've got five substitutions available again this year. If you can bring on five experienced heads to yeah. to shut down a game, to game manage it, to one nil win. That's all we need to do. So yeah, yeah. you know, that's it. But you know, it, it seems it's been a good weekend. You know, we we as a country, we're we're European champions, mate. 
Yes. So if you're not bothered, if if that that's Darby talk with now. If you don't want to listen now, you can you can get lost because this we're now we're now, we're now going to mention women's football. Um, now I've watched quite a bit of the Euros. Um, I was I wasn't I'm not going to say one of the people that doesn't like women's football. I've just it's one of them where it's it's not something that's really appealed to me. I've watched a few of the uh, women's Super League games. Some games are good. Some games are absolutely, you go, wow, these women are getting paid to do this. However, the Euros has put a different spin on things. It's England, it's your country, it's football. Um, it's been incredible. And, you know, it, I think we have to appreciate it. We have to appreciate that these these women that have gone out, they've won the Euros. You know, they've done it before the men. You know, people want to make comparisons from the women's game to the men's game. Well, now the women have been success, successful, make a comparison. Because it might not be the prettiest football. It might not be the most technical, gifted players that are playing. But these women have put their heart and souls into this. Now, Chris, you have done, you've worked within Derby County's Women's Academies. Um, what, where do we go from here? You know, regarding women's football, we, we've seen a push on us. Now, I know people argue, don't try and push women's football. And if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But for those grassroots level, where do we go from here? We've just had our England team, our country, win the European Championships. We're breaking records, 83,000 tonight at Wembley. That's the biggest crowd that's been there, I believe. How do we move this forward and get more girls, more women playing football? Good question. Okay. So, first thing I'll do would make it um, compulsory that in secondary schools, girls have their dedicated football teams. Um, I would even probably consider that a primary school. I think the girls' standard out there is, is wonderful. Um, I would also like to see the academies integrate. I think there's too much focus on boys' academies. Yeah. Um, I certainly think there's been too much focus on Derby's boys' academy and not Derby's ladies' academy over the last three or four years. David has openly said that he will sort that and he'll make sure that the, the women's game gets the same amount of attention in, in our football club as the boys, which is wonderful. And don't get me wrong, they do a wonderful job in the boys' academy at Derby County, but there is a fantastic facility at, at Moore Farm that the Derby County uh, Women's Academy deserve to, to be at. They, they hire out pitches to local boys' teams who train there the girls are training at Michelover uh, midweek. They're playing their games at Olveston Park. They're playing their games at the race course. You know, this is Derby County Football Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, and on the academy level, I think that needs to be integrated quickly. I I coach the most amazing set of girls, and we've both said that we'll, we'll get them on to the pod uh, before their season starts. They're in the, you know, the under-15 Derby County uh, women's team. Um, they're in the they're doing the junior Premier League this year. You know they're playing in the biggest girls league in the in, in the UK, and they deserve to be to be training in the best of senses. And I'm hearing that they may be playing their games at Olverston Park, which is ludicrous. Mm. So if anyone's listening from um, a football club locally, like you know, Royces or, or or Derby County, get these girls to play. Uh, on a wonderful pitch and represent our club with pride because 
They are the most amazing set of girls. They've got the most dedicated parents. You know, we know the boys' sport is successful. We know that. We've all been involved and integrated. But I, I really believe that, you know, you go to the race course on a Saturday morning, and I recommend it to everybody who's got a daughter who's aspiring to want to play. You go down to the race course on a Saturday morning, and there is an abundance of wonderful football clubs who are dedicated to girls' football from the ages of under seven all the way through to academy level. And it's an absolute wonderful experience. I'll never forget the, the time I spent with, with Derby County uh, women. Uh, just, I still support them now. They, they won a, uh, a cup final last year. I went there to watch in Birmingham. And the icing on the cake for me was watching the Lionesses win tonight. Um, people forget that the women's game in England was still semi-professional back in uh, 2008, 2009, the last time that they, they got to the final. You know, there's been a big push. And I know that I know that some people get frustrated and they, they turn around and say that women's sports are being thrown uh, at us left, right and centre. Um, why not, I say, you know, I, I can honestly say, and I, I've coached for a long, long time and people know me, I've been involved coaching since I realised I was never going to be the best player. And I knew that I was a far better coach than I was a player. And I've been coaching now for got 35 years. And one thing I'll say is that those girls that I coached were the most talented set of players um, that any coach could ask for. They wanted to learn. They wanted to get better. They wanted to give everything. They were passionate about each and everybody within that squad. And it was just a really, really amazing experience. Their, their parents. So I think the days have gone where we have to stop looking at the boys' game separate to the girls' game. They should be on the same level. It's not, it's never going to be on the same level professionally. I'm not asking for that. Yeah. What I'm asking for, what I'm asking for is for grassroots to have the same investment. And I'm asking for Derby County, if you're listening, please speak to David at the Academy, who does a wonderful job. Um, and Nick Britton and, and Duncan and Sam Griffith, who who runs the, the first team, and right down to all the Academy coaches, you know, there's Lucy there and Zoe and Nathan Stevens and, and Dean. Please, Derby County, David, if you're listening, go speak to them. Try and get them to more farm. Give them some match day pitches because I'm sure that the crowds will come and watch and, and they wear the shirt with passion, Simon. And hopefully I'll get you down to, to one of the games as well. Yeah, I'm quite happy to go down. I mean, it said, I mean I've seen it today. It said that season ticket holders can, can watch for free for yeah. Derby County ladies, which is fair enough, but I, I'd still charge. I'd, I'd charge just to get some more money into the in, into into the women's football because clearly now that there will be a big push on this, um, you know. And I've yeah, I've heard people talk. Yeah, I mean, I've heard Simon Jordan. You know, we know it, what you know. He's got he's got a mouth on him on on Talksport, you know. And he doesn't watch it. He refuses to watch it because he doesn't like it. That's fair enough. I'm not going to watch. I don't know uh, chess. If chess was on telly. I'm not going to watch that because boring. I don't like it. I gave women's football a go and you know what? It's football. And yeah, like I said, I mean, I remember, I can't remember who it was, it was Chelsea, they were playing Leicester. They were 5-0 up within 15 minutes. And you're thinking, a bit of a mismatch here. But then I've watched Arsenal play Man City 
and they've played out like a tight one-all draw or something daft like that. You know, so th- there is talent there and we've seen it. To- I saw it, we've seen it tonight. You know, that, that game, it didn't matter if it was men or women out there. You know, there was, there was some good football played. There was mistakes that were made. Happens in the men's game. I look at um, in, the, in the semi-final. Alicia Russo's goal, the back heel, not make the keeper. If that had been Lionel Messi, if that had been Ronaldo, Neymar, Mbappe, that would have been yapped about for ages. Right? And I shared that video. And I had over 300 likes on that within a space of an hour. However, it got taken down because the BBC went, that's how you can't use that. Let's try, let's, let's try and share that, you know, the love of women's football here. Let's try and make up more people see it. Let's get reactions off this. That was an absolute quality goal. You know, and it, it's just, I just think, yeah. I, I, like I say, it's, it's changed me. It's changed my opinion on women's football. And, you know, there are still people out there that think it's cool to, I don't know, give them, a, you know, oh, it should be in the kitchen, all this. Come on. If you're good, if you can play, you can play. You know, if you're good enough to play, you're good enough to play. Yes, you've said it. The standard isn't going to be the same as men's. It probably never will be, due to obviously biological aspects. Fast, yeah. you know, being 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 quicker, stronger, you know, all that sort of stuff. But you know, I th- I felt it was enjoyable to watch. Like people mocked me because I watched um, the MLS. For me, I like watching football. It don't bother me. And women's football is, is now a, something that I think I will probably watch more of because I Good. found that quite entertaining. And that, Good. and I think that, just to say I'm going to watch more of it because of that, because of the, the because of the Euros, because of the performance that, that have been put on, not just by England, but by other teams as well. Germany, you know, they they've played a good tournament. Spain, another team that played a good tournament. Very unlucky. I thought they played some really good football against us. You know, and I, and I think that more more can be done, like you said, especially especially with with academies. You know, your grassroots, you've got academies, those professional academies, integrate them. Let the women feel part of the club because I bet if you ask them, maybe six out of ten would say, no, they don't feel part of this club. They do. They do. I can tell you that now. I tell you that now. It was my, it was one of my biggest hurts as a Derby County fan. And at the time, working for the club and being a coach for the for the ladies, that I never felt part of the badge, mm. and it and it hurt. It, it honestly hurt. You know the fact that I was having to set up a pitch at Olverston Park, and yeah. then invite and then invite West Bromwich Albion down or Northampton Town or mm. Burton Albion, and then we would go to Leicester City, and Leicester City are, are a shining example. Yeah. They've actually given their old academy to their ladies set up their first team and every single academy age group girls have got their own pitch and it's like a snooker table they've got their own dugouts they've got their own locker of kit and equipment they've got dedicated coaches it was an absolute wonderful experience but it also was unbelievably um embarrassing as well at the same time And, and and i just hope that that David sticks to his word and, and puts some money forward. Or it doesn't even have to be money, Simon. No, Just no. give give them some grass. I, I've said, I've said if it was me, I would go to a sports club like Royce's. Royce's got good pitches there. They've got some great pitches. I played the week. 
and um well you exactly you'll know you'll know how good the surface is there and if you dedicate an academy if you can't fit them at more farm give them a place that they can call home where people can go and watch and watch their football club because derby county football club is everybody's football club yeah, yeah. whether you're a boy a girl woman or man you, you you're wearing the same badge and it applies all around the country some some clubs some towns integrate it and they follow the badge some don't i think derby are getting better uh, i think sam griffiths has done an absolutely wonderful job um and i think that to see don amos supporting them so well as he does at Mickelover, yeah. and i know that the girls enjoy training now on a wednesday night but for example the academy girls are having to use the Mickelover pitch split into thirds mm. so they have an age group on each third of the pitch and then they have to come off after an hour and a half simon mm. and then the under 18s or the under 16 and under 20s get half a pitch each this is an academy and that's no fault of the current regime that's because mel morris and i don't mind saying it didn't give a monkeys yeah, yeah and and he didn't want to put any money into that football into, into that side of football at all and I really, I will be an ambassador as as long as I'm I'm still around for the for the women's game because I had the greatest experience in it and I'm still involved as a fan. And um, yeah, let's promote it where we can and hopefully we can use this podcast and we can use our contacts to to push uh, Derby County to recognise what a wonderful opportunity and what a wonderful opportunity the city has to promote girls football. Oh yeah, I agree immensely. Like you say, if you're if we can get the, the girls' academies training at Moor Farm, playing at Moor Farm, there's 14 pitches there. Yeah, there's 14 pitches at Moor Farm. It, it, you just just think about that. There's 40, 14 pitches there. You could have the whole every single academy level playing there, training there one night a week or two nights a week, whatever they need to. But you imagine if you said if you're getting girls. And, and you're going, do you want to come play? And we're talking about, say, say, the, say the Derby women's first team. Do you want to come play here? Or what can you offer me? You take them a walk around Moor Farm and you go, well, this is where you'll be training. This is where you'll be playing. These are the gym facilities that you've got full access to. You know, we, we heard our ex-owner, you know, and we hear players say how magnificent Moor Farm is. Imagine that as an attraction as a female player. You're going to attract better players, you know, which are going to push Derby up to the leagues. And then, you know, in, in two, three years, we could be playing in, in the Premier League where you get in the, you know, the top, top players, you get in the England players, you know. And we, we, we've seen women from that, from the from the WSL, we've seen them go and play for the likes of Barcelona, you know, the likes of Bayern Munich, all them sort of teams. And it, it's a girl's dream, you know, every, every bloke wanted to play football, you know, that I know growing up, they wanted to play football. Women are going to want, girls are going to want to do the same now. And now, yep. they've got, now they can have the opportunity to do that. And I think that's, that, that can only be seen as a positive thing. Oh, Simon, like I said, if we can use this platform, we have a great podcast here. You know, I've been, uh, I class it as an honour to come on here with you as your uh, co-host um, with you. And I think if we can use this platform when the season starts, bring some of the girls onto the podcast, listen to their stories, listen to their experiences there's some wonderful coaches throughout derby you know derby county and the county we'll, we'll try and get sam on as well 
Yeah, it'd be great to get Sam on. She, she, what people don't realise about Sam, she's an FA coach herself. She works for the England English FA Settle. She's she's a wonderful coach. She's she's she really is. Um, and let's let's get you know if we can be at the next Euros defending the title with a Derby County lady in that squad or two. How amazing would that be? Or a Derby County player at any junior England squad or Scotland squad or Ireland squad or Welsh squad. You know, let's 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 the girls have that ambition. Why not? I say, why not? Because one day, Derby County will be in the WSL. If we can support these girls and have the homegrown talent, get the same amount of support as the boys have, why not have a WSL team in Derby? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then <laughs> say the you know we remember we've all heard it before. We want, I want to use Pride Park more than twice a week. Well, if you got if you got if if you've got you know women's super league going off, you'll be feeling it more than that. And that would I generally think there's like you say as you said there there's a lot of teams that fully support their ladies teams that will bring fans. And I, you know I think like I say obviously it's it's ambitious, but it's something that can be done. You know we and we'll do what we can. You know because I think women's football now will be, is, is taking the step to the next level. So Derby need to I think step up with it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, was, <laughs> I know that you, I know we've got a wide look because we've obviously been, we've been waffling all night because it's been a, an amazing weekend. And I, I normally try and drop in a basketball <laughs> comment and you hate it, I know. But what I will say is that I had the absolute pleasure of uh, refereeing Great Britain uh, under 16 girls against Ireland under 16 girls uh, last week in Nottingham. And there was over 500 fans watching over 500 in a little gym and the noise was incredible as a referee i was absolutely proud as punch and again it's an under 16 girls game people go oh well who would want to watch a girls game well over 500 people watched that who had no connection necessarily with both um teams they just went to represent the country there is a girls game out there that is strong in football there really is let's get behind it let's get behind it i agree I agree. So we finished on a positive, but a positive week, positive weekend. Uh, Derby won their first game of League One for 36 years. England Lionesses became the champions of Europe. It's been a great day. It's been a great weekend. So, yeah, Chris, absolute pleasure having you on again. Look at you kissing your badge. Always. Look at you you kissing that Champions, champions, my friend. Yeah, he loved it. I'll still say it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. He's going for it. We've also hang about. We've gone from we've gone. You've gone from promoted to top two to now champions <laughs> in about four weeks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still going. I'm still going playoffs. Playoffs for me is a must. That's that's where I'm sticking. Unless like March, we are like twelve points great at the top. Then I'll say champions. <laughs> it might not change until it might. You never know. We'll see. We'll see. But no, I'm I'm happy with what I've seen so far. Albeit one game, um, yeah. Preseason, I'm not even going to mention preseason again, to be honest, because this means nothing. Now is a serious time. So yeah. Anyway, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, uh, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, remember to like, share, subscribe, and we shall both see you next time. And as always, come on, Derby. <laughs> <laughs>